0: This program is paid for by Weeby Marketing. Well, it's a hard reality to know you're getting older, but we all have to go through it, and with it comes aches and pains with every single step, it seems like. But the good part is the pains are fixable if you take the time to stop by Titan MRI. There's lots of us out there that think we can handle the pain or it'll eventually go away, but what you may not realize, you could be ruining yourself for many years to come. So if you're just scared, don't be. Go see Joe and the crew at Titan MRI. Their entire mindset is finding out what you need to feel better, and the process is as easy as walking into the swamp and smiling. With an average scan time of just 10 to 15 minutes, you can knock it out on your lunch break before the boss even knows you're gone. Titan MRI is the only locally owned and operated MRI center in town, and their staff has more than 20 years of experience in the Gainesville community and if you're worried about not having insurance don't be that's never a problem at Titan MRI and they'll even have your scan read same day so tell your doctor refer you to Titan MRI or call them at 672-6644 today
1: To Inside the Huddle with former Gator QB Shane Matthews, WRUF Steve Russell, and the Hall of Famer, the head ball coach, Steve Spurrier. The Gators have won the ball game! On a bump. Inside the Huddle is brought to you by Crime Prevention Security Systems and Titan MRI. Now, let's head to the studio with Shane, Steve, and the HBC, Steve Spurrier, on ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM, WRUF.
2: And a very pleasant good morning and welcome to this edition of Inside the Huddle. I am joined by Coach Steve Spurrier, the Gator QB, Shane Matthews. I'm Steve Russell. Jake Hitt produces our broadcast and our podcast today. As uh, the Gators come off their win against South Carolina, a bye week, and then a huge game against the University of Georgia coming up, the annual battle in Jacksonville. First of all, guys, I want to get your impressions of last week, Coach. Um, I, you know, sometimes fans take for granted, and I, maybe we all do a little bit, that these kids can just roll out there every week, but they had to go through a tough, physical game with Auburn a tough physical road match with LSU go back on the road and play another SEC team it's pretty pretty good gauntlet there and the Gators did very well to get through it
3: Uh, that's right Steve in fact uh, just starting out let me say my coach of the week uh, is going to be Dan Mullen this this week and the team of the week is Florida Gators and let me tell you why Uh, that was a tough that was a tough game up there South Carolina they're a good team they got players um, Will Muschamp and his guys have recruited uh, very well, very well. And, and that was not uh, a given. We had to make plays all over the place. And I told uh, Coach Mullen after the game, I said, one of your best calls was when we punted when we are down 20-17, to 17, last play of third quarter. And we pinned them down there, and the wide receivers are, are our cover guys, you know, they caught it in the air on about the two-, three-yard line. And we flipped the field position. Got it back. Of course, some great catches by Kyle Pitts. And, and then uh, Freddie Swain had that diving catch. Unbelievable. Good plays. And uh, we turned the thing around there. But Greg McElroy on the radio the other day, he said, uh, I think Florida is the most improved team in the country from the first game to now. And that was, that's a compliment to our coaching staff. It really is. Uh, and then also, you look at that team we played the first week, Miami. And they get beat by Georgia Tech, so that's a, it's a reflection on the coaches, really, as you go through the season, do you get better, or, or are you getting worse? And I really believe our team is getting better, and uh, boy, this sets up a huge game against Georgia in, in a couple of weeks.
4: Yeah, I agree with what Coach said, my, uh, my mic working there, so
2: anyway, okay, I've got to switch mics I think there, but I'll, I'll start here. Um, I want to piggyback on what Coach said, because we saw this last year, too, with the Gators. Just look at the offensive line play from what it was early in the season last year to this year. And the offensive line, while not great, has also gotten better, and it shows. You're good. And it shows, um, and and I agree 100%. Dan Mullen and his staff are very, very good, and, and it's great when a team makes improvement
4: during the year, and that's exactly what we're seeing. Yes, I agree, Steve. Uh, You know, you saw last year how they improved at the end of the season, and and obviously I agree with what Coach Berger said. They've gotten better each week, and that was a tough game. When you come off playing Auburn and LSU uh, mentally, physically, they wear you out, and you have to go to South Carolina, who a lot of people, you know, didn't expect us to win that game because they had just beaten Georgia. And and for us to go on the road with those elements, uh, bad weather – Give, give the kids credit. Give the coaching staff credit. The uh, team found a way to win in the fourth quarter.
3: Our, our scores in the fourth quarter are amazing right now. We won last week 21 to nothing in the fourth quarter. And, and you know, the game against South Carolina last year, they, they were leading, uh, I think, by 10 at least or something like that, going into the fourth. So give Nick Savage and that strength conditioning crew a lot of credit because we, we are a well-conditioned team, Steve, and that, that leads to wins in the fourth quarter. Coach, I, I want to get
2: your thoughts on Kyle Trask because, you know, I, I think sometimes we all forget that this kid – Hadn't played a whole lot of football from when he was in high school and to be thrust into into action the way he has been when, when Franks went down.
3: As you watch him progress and play, Steve, what do you see? Well, he's a good decision maker, obviously, Steve, and he can get the ball out. Uh, he takes one or two looks here and there. And uh, there was times he uh, sort of looked the wrong side, and Coach Mullen was talking to him throughout the game, as you know. But that, uh, hopefully with experience, he can sort of see the defense before the snap. But that's the thing about uh, in the shotgun. You know, you got to watch the ball coming at you. Uh, that's why, and Shane probably tell you sometimes when you're underneath, you can get the snap, and on the way back you can look look all, all over the place a little bit. And by the time you get back there, you know where you want to throw it. But uh, yeah, Kyle throws a very catchable ball. I tell you what, Billy Gonzalez and those receivers—they block, they catch everything. Steve, uh, it's a, a really a, a good team to to watch and see how we've improved since that first game. I would
2: imagine, Shane, just watching him. Uh, at, I know at times you guys play the position, but
4: he does hold the ball a little bit long sometimes. Yeah, at times he, he does. And, uh, you know, I know in the first half, just watching on TV, he, he did pick the wrong side. You know, we had a three by one uh, formation several times with Kyle Pitts being the single receiver. And, and I know that's the mismatch. That's where we want to go sometimes. But we got to look the other way, too, whenever they're playing way off and there's easy completion. So, you know, for the most part, he's played outstanding. You know, I know he had some trouble gripping the ball early in the game. At times, his feet—I don't want to say lazy—but he doesn't put his foot in the ground and drive it. At times, it kind of flutters. But hey, he, he's making plays. My one of my favorite plays of the game was—I can't—it re- was late in the game, and it, it was—I uh, don't—I can't remember if it was a fourth down or a third and ten. He, he moved in the pocket, kind of slid to his right. And looked like he was getting ready to run it. The defender came up and he just dropped it over to Freddie Swain. Mm-hmm. And, and those are little things that may not show up, you know, in the uh, scorebook, so mm-hmm. to speak, but those are huge plays in the game. By the way, the 21 points in the fourth quarter, Florida put up
2: the most against an SEC opponent in 11 years. It's wow. Pretty good. Um, let's do our Play of the Week, guys. Play of the Week brought to you by Campus USA Credit Union. Put some star power to work in your financial life with Campus USA Credit Union. Coach, Play of
3: the Week. <laughs> well, I go back to the punt. I, I really liked it. Uh, we were sitting up there watching it with the athletic director, and Scott always says, do we go for it here, Coach? <laughs> and I said, well, you know, we got a good defense. And, uh, and and then we we did punt, and, of course, uh, Tommy Townsend hit a beautiful high a uh, ball that we caught right on the two, three-yard line. Our receivers were down there. I, I forget which one. I think it was it. Van
4: Jefferson. I Probably
3: Van. That. Yeah, he's really good at covering punts. And uh, shows how committed the receivers are to team play. They don't say, well, I'll sit on the bench and watch a bunch of walk-ons cover punts. we got our best players out there on special teams, which makes sense. And, uh, of course, the, <clears throat> the punt down to the two, three-yard line, to me, flipped the field, and, and we took over from there on in the fourth quarter.
4: My play of the game is going to be uh, the touchdown pass to Freddie Swain. Um, I'm not sure who Kyle Trask was throwing that to or where he was throwing because it just kind of fluttered. And Freddie Swain was nowhere near that ball, put his foot in the ground by the sideline, and just dove into the end zone. I Mm -hmm. thought it's one of the best catches I've ever seen here.
3: It looked like Desmond Howard, uh, when he won the Heisman for Michigan, that we keep seeing on the replay, stretched out completely. And that was a, a beautiful catch by Freddie.
2: And uh, mine, Kyle Pitts. Kyle mm-hmm. Pitts' catch and touchdown, that's going to be my play of the game. You know, when you look, you would think with all the great quarterbacks that have played at the University of Florida, Kyle Trask has really joined elite company because in back-to-back games now, you know, he's done a good job throwing touchdown passes, and that hasn't been done a lot in recent memory. So you would it isn't always the prettiest thing you ever see, but you can't argue with the results
4: no he's he's playing extremely well, and like i said he he's smart, he throws a very catchable ball, knows where to go with it for the most part and when you got playmakers like we have they, they're spreading the ball around that's the thing if you look at how many catches this receiving corps has it, it's it's amazing and um you know i'm I'm happy for Kyle he got his chance and he's taking full advantage of it. Coach, I want
2: to ask you, did you ever like with, with in the case of Florida not having Grenard, not having Zuniga, you know, those are two elite pass rushers and two keys to to a defense. How much do you think that that has hurt Florida in
3: terms of what they want to do schematically playing defense? Well, mm. oh, you'll have to ask Todd Grant from that <laughs> because uh, I think one of the best calls he made the whole game also uh, you know, it was tied up there, I think, 17-all, and they had run the ball all the way down to about the five-yard line. And fortunately, they called a pass and we had the corner blitz on. I think Henderson came Henderson, in there, yep. sacked him for about eight, nine-yard loss, and then they tried to throw a little bit and had to kick a field goal. So that was uh, a, a nice defensive call, that corner blitz. So I, I think he calls his stuff, and uh, the players, whoever's in there, just, you know, got to go play it. But obviously, having those uh, two guys back for the Georgia game would be very important for us.
4: Well, you know, like I said, Steve, I I think defensively, I I love our corners. I've said that many times. People laugh at me sometimes. But, I mean, they're going to complete some balls. But I thought C.J., you know, he had great coverage on the flea flicker. Just, I mean, it was a heck of a throw and a heck of a catch. But he had two corner blitzes, as Coach said. The one uh, late in the game caused a fumble, sack fumble. And uh, we recovered that and went in to score. So, mm-hmm. you know, I like our defense, but getting ready for Georgia, hopefully we can get some guys healthy, especially our two defensive ends. And what I love about Henderson, too, he doesn't give it
2: away. He lines up. As if he, you know, he's bump coverage does not give that blitz away. Does a really good job with that. We'll take a break. Come back. we got – question of the week. We've got lots of questions for Coach Spurrier. We're going to look at our top teams, our top coaches, and a lot more coming up on Inside the Huddle, ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF.
3: Everyone is raving about Titan MRI. With the highest rated MRI facilities in town, Titan MRI is the place to go. Titan MRI is the only locally owned and operated MRI center in town. Joe and his staff have more than two decades of experience in Gainesville, and they'll help heal thousands of athletes in the local area. At Titan MRI, the average scan time is 10 to 15 minutes, so you'll have plenty of time to get back to living a life pain free. Don't wait. Tell your doctor to refer you to Titan MRI or call them today at 672-6644. Hi, this is Steve Spurrier here, and I have some wonderful news for the Gator Nation. Our new restaurant, Spurrier's, is opening at Celebration Point in June of 2020. Spurrier's is going to be a restaurant to come to celebrate Gator victories, anniversaries, birthdays, whatever. There's no better place than Celebration Point in Gainesville. Spurrier's going to be one-of-a-kind restaurant with an exciting atmosphere and wonderful food. I'll see you at Celebration Point, where the Gators come to celebrate. I'm Steve Spurrier, sometimes called the Head Ball Coach, and I'm here to tell you I got the SUV that I drive from Davis.
0: Yeah, Coach, the word is out, and everybody is loving what's going on at Davis-Gainesville Chevrolet and Palm Chevrolet down in Ocala. I stopped by each of the dealerships last week and saw tremendous deals all over the place, and also all over the
3: place, orange and blue. What's that mean, Coach? If you bleed orange and blue, Davis is the place for you. Davis Automotive Group, the official hometown automotive partner of the Florida Gators.
0: This is Jack Fine at Fine Cash and Parla Piano. Have you been in a car accident or injured because of someone else's negligence? Let our local team of trial lawyers find justice for you. With more than 100 years of combined experience, our firm has the resources necessary to fight for people just like you. We go up against billion dollar insurance companies every day to get you the compensation you deserve so you could focus on your recovery. Fine Cash and Parla Piano. When life changes, we're there. Offices, Gainesville.
1: Inside the Huddle with Shane Matthews, Steve Russell, and Steve Spurrier on ESPN 981 FM, 850
3: AM WRUF. At Titan MRI, you'll visit the only locally owned and operated MRI imaging center in town. Call them up and start feeling better today. That's TitanMRI.com. Welcome back to Inside the Huddle. Time now for
2: our question of the week, brought to you by Davis Chevrolet, the official hometown automotive partner of the Florida Gators. Real Gators drive Davis. And if you have questions you want to send to Coach Spurrier, you can do so at InsideTheHuddleHBC.com. All right, Coach, we've got a bunch of them here for you. Let's get cranking here with them. Matt in Orlando says, Right now the Gators are in the middle of their schedule. With that in mind, how would you pace your te- teams during the tough part of their schedule?
3: We paced ourselves from the beginning of the season with a, a long-range plan, uh, which I guess most teams do. I'm not sure. But uh, Shane would tell you, I always just say, now visualize yourself about the middle of the season. No matter what's happened, we've got to just keep trying to get better day after day. Got to prepare the best we can for the next opponent and, and go one game at a time. So uh, I think that's what most coaches try to do is get, get their players seeing the big picture in the long run, but but yet you're focusing one game at a time. Uh, Billy says, Coach, I, I heard you'll be in
2: front of the future Spurrier's restaurant on Thursday during the Food Fest. Will you be signing autographs?
3: Yeah, I think so. I think we got some uh, helmets and visors and whatever. Uh, Freddie Wiebe's got his crew out there ready to go, so hopefully we'll have a big crowd at the, out at the restaurant about 5.30 on Thursday.
2: Uh, I think I know the answer to this one, but I'll ask it. This is from Andy. He says, uh, Coach, when you were watching UF play South Carolina on Saturday, did you find yourself rooting for the Gamecocks at any point during the game?
3: No, not really at all. I've uh, been past that for about three or four years. I used to say when I was up there, uh, I pulled for the Gators every game but one. And now that I'm working here at Florida, and I'm a Gator, I say I'll pull for South Carolina every game but one. So uh, I think most of those people all understand that. And, uh, no, this was a big win for us, and it wasn't easy. But uh, sometimes you look back, uh, Steve, and I started looking back on the years we won a bunch of SECs, and that South Carolina game was crucial. In, in 92, change year, we didn't – we lost the championship game that year, but we only beat South Carolina 14-9. to And I think their fullback dropped a pass in the flat late in the game, and we held off. And then 93, they got way ahead. And we came back and beat them. And then even in 2000, we're down 21-3 to 3 in the first quarter. They blocked two punts on us for touchdowns. And uh, we had a big 28-point second quarter and ended up winning that one and ended up winning an SEC. So let's hope and believe that uh, the Gators' victory up there has a chance to lead to an SEC championship. Jonathan says, uh, What do you think
2: about Coach Musham's demeanor on Saturday? How did you keep your cool when the officiating wasn't going
3: your way? Well, sometimes you have to yell at them a little bit, but in the long run, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. You can turn it in to the, you know, the head of officials after the, the game's over when you do your report and all that, and they'll call back and say, yeah, he missed that one, yeah, he missed that one, and so forth. But uh, it's, uh, yeah, the referee in all around the country at times, uh, it's uh, you get bad calls, and I guess you get some good ones, but we, we certainly got some good ones up there, no question about that. But, uh, yeah, and I'm sure the head of officials will write back to Muschamp in South Carolina and say, yeah, we missed that one and that one and that one. But uh, that happens a lot, so you just just got to move on. And the last one,
2: Stephen, says, I heard the 69 49ers are being acknowledged on the 50th anniversary of that team. How does it feel to be honored again?
3: Yeah, i tell you what, we're going out there. Jerry and I are flying out to uh, San Jose. Uh, used to be San Francisco, but they play in Santa Clara now, so you fly to San Jose. And uh, they got an alumni weekend, and we've never been back. So I actually played a little bit in that 69 year, Steve. In fact, uh, the memorable game I had from that season, uh, we went to Baltimore. And Johnny Unitas was quarterback of the Baltimore Colts in 69. Somehow or another, uh, we beat them 24-21. And uh, I was telling people, man, I was the toast of the Bay Area for a week. And, <laughs> and, and then I went back playing pretty lousy after that. And uh, they brought Brody back, I think, about two games later.
2: Um, I want to piggyback on that, Coach. You know, a, a lot's been made of your college career, but a lot of people don't talk about your pro career. And you played – almost entirely in San Francisco. Did, mm-hmm. Was that a good experience for you playing out there?
3: Oh, yeah, Steve, nine years. I was a nine-year backup quarterback, so I appreciate uh, the Niners uh, keeping me out there for a long time. And uh, it was uh, sort of fun to go out there half the year. Uh, Jerry'd pack up the kids, and we'd live out there about six months and then come back to games for the other six months. Uh, did that for nine years. So that was uh, that was sort of a fun thing to do. And uh, then after that, uh, my days were over. Fortunately, Coach Dickey let me get my foot in the door as an assistant coach here at Florida and and go from there. But I really appreciate Coach Dickey giving me that chance. All right, let's move on now to our Team
2: of the Week. It's brought to you by Celebration Point, where Gators come to celebrate. Shane, I'll start
4: with you. Your Team of the Week. Gosh, my Team of the Week is going to go to the Baylor Bears. Uh, They stay undefeated. They had to go to Stillwater, Oklahoma against a – Pretty high-powered offense there at Oklahoma State. Uh, a lot of people didn't think they could win that game, but man, they are explosive on offense. And uh, the Baylor Bears are my team of the week. Mine,
2: Illinois, Lovey Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that's the place Ron Zook once coached. And uh, what I liked about that is the the Ohio States and the Oklahomas and the Alabamas. I, I don't want to say that their fans take winning for granted, but that's It's expected that you win. And it was just nice to see a fan base and a team and a school just celebrate a win. You know, just, just celebrating something they've not done. They were close against Michigan. They played Michigan tough the week before, but they upset Wisconsin, and uh, Wisconsin now plays Ohio State. So Illinois, Team of the Week.
3: Yeah, that could uh, help their recruiting. Who knows? But uh, Illinois has struggled quite a bit, so uh, hope hope is always there for a team if they have that one day that everything goes their way, and obviously it did for Illinois. All right, uh, now coach of the week. Let's do
1: that,
2: and that's brought to you by Miapa Latin Cafe, the best
4: Cuban coffee in Gator Country. Well. Before I get to my Coach of the Week, we want to thank Miapa for the great Cuban sandwiches that we will be eating for lunch today. Uh, My Coach of the Week is Derek Mason at Vanderbilt. Uh, They upset a a ranked Missouri team that a lot of people thought Missouri had a chance to win the East. They still do, but for whatever reason, Missouri can't play on the road. Uh, But give Vanderbilt a lot of credit. Especially after being
2: blasted at home by UNLV mm-hmm. the week before. And they started a different quarterback in that game. I believe it was a Syracuse transfer. He got hurt, and they brought in the other guy, and they managed to win, and they beat Missouri 21-14. to M- My coach is uh, P.J. Fleck mm-hmm. of Minnesota, not because they're unbeaten. They haven't played anybody yet, but they've got a kid on their team uh, who was a Minnesota kid, grew up, and has battled cancer, was a quarterback. Had to change positions, and he got into the game as a holder the other day, mm-hmm. and he went over on the sideline and i 'm going to get emotional talking about this and they just showed Fleck hugging him, and you know Fleck walked away, wiping tears from his eyes. You know we can talk x's and o's all day, and but that's the kind of you know, mm-hmm. human interest thing. I think that that fuels a lot. Of yeah, money. I
3: got a chance to meet him, PJ Flack, at the Pebble Beach Coaches Tournament a couple of years ago, and he still comes back. Yeah, he, he's really a, a wonderful guy, and the players obviously love him. And he's done a super job coaching. And, uh, of course, his mantra, I guess, is row the boat, boat. row the boat, row the boat, keep rolling that boat, (laughs) fellas, and good things are going to happen. And uh, that was nice for him to let the kid get in there and be the holder for the extra point. And uh, they got some really good camaraderie there at Minnesota, 7-0. and Heck, they could win the national championship. They're right in the hunt right now. Which You're going to
4: watch them at the end of each quarter. P.J. Fleck, so, you know, if you're on one end of the field – you know, and the quarter he ends, he sprints as fast as he can to the other team, but the whole team has to sprint with him. Really? Yeah, every quarter. It's hilarious. Wow.
3: Who's your coach of the week, coach? Uh, let's see. I had Dan Mullen. Yeah, I thought Coach uh, Mullen did a super job uh, right there at the end of the third quarter punting and, and then flipping the field. And then we started getting turnovers and started scoring points there. And the whole game turned in our direction right after that punt that we downed on about the two and a half yard line. We'll take a break, come back. We're going to look at some of the games
2: coming up this week.
3: Uh, we'll take a look at the
2: SEC as well. Stay with us. Inside the Huddle, ESPN, 98.1 FM,
4: 850 AM, WRUF. Crime Prevention Security Systems has provided security and life safety to families and businesses in Gainesville and surrounding areas since 1975. Their mobile app makes security and home automation easy to use and affordable. With fast access to lighting control, doorbell cameras and thermostats, crime prevention and security and so much more. Contact them today, 352-376-1499 or cpss.net
5: con uh, I need mean the English version today, please. Wake up to the best Cuban food and coffee north of Miami with Miapa Latin Café. Their breakfast sandwiches and arepas are made using the most authentic ingredients. Enjoy Cuban classics like Ropa Vieja and Arroz con Pollo. With great food, affordable prices, and friendly service from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day, you can't beat the Miapa way. Visit them at either of their locations in Gainesville and Alachua. Miapa Latin Café. A proud supporter of the Florida Gators.
1: Hi, I'm Mark Herm with Mark Herman Company Heating and Air. If you're a Gator fan, you know the phrase, in all kinds of weather. That can mean different things to different people. For example, when I was playing center for the Gator football team back in the early 80s, I loved hearing the crowd singing. it. It meant they appreciated our hard work and were standing behind us, win or lose. Now as the owner of my own business, the meaning has changed. It means that my team and I stick behind our customers. So if you'd like to save money on your utility bill, give our team a call and see how much we can save you. 378-9422. Inside the Huddle with Shane Matthews, Steve Russell, and Steve Spurrier on ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM WRUF.
4: Worry less with crime prevention security systems by preventing package theft with their doorbell camera. Contact them today at cpss.net. Welcome back to Inside the Huddle.
2: You know, I... Coach Burr, i got to ask you this. Um, The Eagles coach, Coach Peterson, uh, now mind you, this is how things work sometimes, right? The Jets play the Cowboys, and the Cowboys don't look good, and the Jets beat them. And Jets fans get all excited because they're going to play New England, and they're going to really give New England a game, and they completely, the Jets, laid an egg on Monday Night Football. But Coach Peterson... Coach Burrier uh, just about guaranteed a win over the Cowboys and he did not,
3: uh, that, that prognostication didn't come out too well. Did you ever do that? No, no. Uh, Steve, I would say things like if we play well, we've got a good chance to beat these guys. Something like that. But you, you always got to leave a little room for doubt. You never say we will win the game. And Doug Peterson did say that. And it fired up the Cowboys. There's no question about it. I know I remember uh, a change year 1990. We'd lost at Tennessee. We got way behind in fourth quarter. I took him out so he wouldn't get hurt and some of the starters. So we're playing Auburn in two weeks. And some of the Auburn coaches actually told their players if we get ahead of the Gators, they'll quit. And that's a word you never use on an opponent. They're a bunch of quitters. So Shane'll tell you we put the, those comments all over the board. And uh, we let our guys know that Auburn's calling us a bunch of quitters. And when the dust settled in the swamp that night, it was 48-7. to And that was really the start of Coach Pat Dye's downfall. Uh, And uh, Shane never lost to Auburn those three years. But, yeah, you don't say things like that about your opponent. Uh, You know, I used to say they got really good players, this, that, and the other. But you don't call them quitters, and you don't go out and say, we will win this game. It, It can come back to haunt you. And I understand
2: you want to give your team confidence, but I think
4: Shane Coach is right. I mean, that's also bulletin board material for the other group. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, you know, nowadays sometimes what kids say, you know, it's splattered all over social media, so you have to be extremely careful. All right, let's take a look at some of the games
2: coming up uh, this week. It's been a funny year because, you know, some weeks they're just loaded with marquee games. really hasn't been... That way this year, but let's take a look at the SEC uh, noon game: Mississippi State at Texas A and M. Boy, coach, you wonder about Joe Moorhead. You know the the natives getting rest as a Mississippi State, and you know A and M has had a tough schedule, but but they're at home here. Do you think Jimbo Fisher's on the right track at A and M, getting things going there despite the uh, tough schedule?
3: Oh, I don't know what track he's on. Uh, all I know is LSU is awfully good. Auburn, Alabama, gee. Uh, it's a pretty tough league, the tough division, that side as well as the Eastern side. So I tell you, uh, when, uh, winning games in the SEC, you got to be uh, exceptional. You got to be above uh, average, or, or you got to be one of the top teams. So he's in a tough league, whether or not. He wins it all some year. I, I know the A&M people believe they're supposed to win, mm-hmm. uh, but so do the Auburn and the Alabama That's and the LSU true. people. They do. So it's uh, it's not an easy job. Uh, somebody's going to lose, and uh, we'll, we'll wait and see. But, uh, yeah, Mississippi State, they're, they're struggling right now. So I'd look for A&M to probably beat them.
2: Shane, you're a Mississippi guy, and you know uh, those fans are very passionate, both at Ole Miss and Mississippi State. but. You know, the Bulldogs need to win in the in a big way, but I'm not sure they get it at A&M.
4: Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. You know, when you watch Mississippi State, you know, we'll see if Joe Moorhead lasts after this year. If, if he does, does he get that program back on track? Kind of how Dan – I mean, Dan went to a bowl game, I believe, every year he was there, which is pretty incredible for Mississippi State. But Moorhead just – he may not be a good fit. Yeah. You know, there, there's some coaches that aren't good fits at places, especially in the Southeastern mm-hmm. Conference. So so we'll see, but uh, I don't think Mississippi State can be. I, I think A&M. he's
3: a, a northeastern guy, any from up the Jersey, Pennsylvania, or what have you. And the Rutgers job obviously is open. There's there's rumors he may head up there.
2: Uh, the big one in the league, guys, Auburn at LSU. It'll be the the CBS game. You know, Joe Burrow continues to be impressive. You know, last week Auburn was impressive, but now that freshman quarterback, Nick's, who struggled here. Boy, you wonder if he'll struggle with all the noise in Baton Rouge.
4: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. You know, th- this is a game that poof, has a lot of national title implications and SEC uh, because Auburn's still in the mix. I'm anxious to see because I don't. we didn't put pressure on Joe Burrow like I thought we would, but that front four that Auburn has is pretty dang good. So I'll be anxious to see if they can pressure him with the front four. But when it's all said and done, I think LSU will win this game.
3: Yeah, I do too. I think at home and uh, their ability to score, I think, is a little bit better than Auburn's. But uh, who knows? It, uh, it it would be a little bit of an upset. But Auburn's got a good team, Co- Coach. I want to ask
2: this. You know, your offenses were really prolific, obviously. And as you watch LSU. I mean, Burrow has done a tremendous job. They have a lot of offensive weapons. When you mm. watch that LSU offense, what, what, do you, what do you think when you see it?
3: Well, first of all, uh, he doesn't take a lot of time. Uh, I mean, there's a quick fake to that running back and, and fire. And uh, so good teams, uh, they don't need a lot of time back there. But they, they like initially some protection. So uh, that, that's what LSU gets. They, they get initial protection. And uh, whether or not they can get pressure on him, uh, we didn't get much at all. So if we can't rush them, I don't know if anybody can. Uh, So we'll just have to wait and see.
2: South Carolina at Tennessee. You know, Carolina, tough loss at home. Tennessee had the whole issue with their quarterback and you know running the play on his own when it looked like they were going to go and score. Uh, It's in Knoxville, but where do you go with this one?
4: It's going to be tough. I, I'm going to lean towards the Gamecocks. I just, I like their roster a little bit better. I like their quarterback. Who, we don't know who's going to play quarterback for Tennessee. The, the Ocala kid, Braun Maurer, seems like he gets a concussion every week. Uh, so maybe they hold him out. I doubt Garantano gets to play with what he pulled on the one yard line. So, uh, you know, I, I just think, I think Will's program and their coaches and their teams a little more stable right now. So, uh, I'm going to pull for the Gamecocks to win. I
3: think Will Muschamp has never lost to Tennessee. Wow. He never lost while he was here, did he? I don't think so. And uh, I don't think he's lost to South Carolina. So he's sort of got their number right now.
2: Arkansas, who is really struggling, is at Alabama. But I guess the bigger story there is obviously Tua, his injury. And, you know, now he's had surgery, I'm, look, they're going to win this game because they're playing Arkansas, but you just wonder about Alabama if they don't have Tua for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, Alabama has not been overly impressive, and they have absolutely not played anybody that's ranked, I don't think, have they? So, uh, But the the big games are coming after Arkansas. Of course, LSU and Auburn, I guess, are, are their two big games, and that's about it. But, uh, yeah, they'll be okay against Arkansas, but whether or not uh, losing Tua when they have those two big games, LSU and Auburn, uh, gosh, that's about a 2 two-game season for them. That's the only two they got a chance to lose, it looks like. Yeah,
4: I'm anxious to see how Alabama plays without Tua because, you know, Mac Jones is a decent player, but he reminds me of uh, Greg McElroy, A.J. McCarron. Do they get back to, you know, lining up in the eye and trying to run the football, be conservative? Mm -hmm. Uh, That's what I see them doing. And and I'm anxious to see when Tua does come back and they say he'll be back for LSU – I, regardless of the surgery or what have you th- there's no way he's going to be 75 or 80 percent i mean look at our two guys how much they've struggled yep. uh with the high ankle sprain so it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see but you know they'll get by arkansas easily missouri who's had trouble on the road goes to kentucky and at uh, coach I-, I
2: feel sorry for kentucky they're they're down i mean they have a tremendous athlete in bowden who's trying to play quarterback they- but they just struggle to score it's it's hard
3: yeah, they're they're struggling a little bit on offense, although they won a game with uh, the wide receiver playing quarterback. Uh was that Mississippi State game, I think, mm-hmm. uh, a while back. So, uh they got a chance. Uh they, they have to play good defense, get in a low scoring game and uh, you know, try to win a close one.
4: Yeah, I d I don't know who's gonna win that game, but I got a lot of respect for how Kentucky played Georgia, knowing that they I mean it just seemed watching that game on T V the team knew they couldn't score. Yeah. Uh, but Bowden was outstanding uh you know just he 's a phenomenal player in this conference, maybe the most athletic guy in the league but uh i, I don 't know who 's going to win that game, but missouri can 't play on the road for some reason, so I guess i 'll lean to Kentucky, not completing a pass and winning a game probably and that's a, i mean obviously <laughs> that 's a big game for Missouri if they want to keep pace mm-hmm. in the east. okay, a couple of national
2: games, Michigan losing again to a top ten team hosting. Notre Dame, and Notre Dame certainly still has aspirations of uh,
3: a possible top four. Where, where do you see it? It looks like a close game to me, Steve, uh, with Notre Dame. Uh, they are still ranked, and uh, so uh, Michigan doesn't beat a lot of ranked teams. So I don't know. But uh, where, where's it played? Is it at, Mich- at Michigan? At Michigan. Well, maybe give Mich- Michigan a two-point advantage there.
4: Yeah, we'll see. This is interesting. I think Notre Dame's coming off a of bye. Mm-hmm. Uh You know, my thoughts on having watched Georgia the last couple of weeks, I don't know how good Notre Dame really is. Uh, But, you know, Notre Dame off a bye, going to Michigan, I think this is going to be a toss-up. I think whoever wins the turnover battle is going to win the game. But how is Michigan mentally losing that game to Penn State? The game that could have been huge, Wisconsin at Ohio State,
2: loses a little luster because of Illinois – beating Wisconsin and we're going to talk about our top four here in a second Ohio State has just obliterated people but this is their their biggest test so far
3: yeah it'll be a good game it appears uh yeah Wisconsin losing last week does take the glamour off of this game big time if uh if Wisconsin doesn't beat Ohio State they uh could they still win their division side
4: well, they'll have two losses in the yeah. conference. And, I, again, I'm so confused with the Big Ten. They're, they're opposite the side of Ohio State. right? Yeah. Now. So they're over there with Minnesota.
2: Yeah, Minnesota be, uh, have the advantage right I now. I believe yep. so. Yep. Okay. Um, all right, let's take a look now. Uh, think about your top four right now.
4: I'll start with you, Shane. Top four teams in college football right now. Yeah, no particular order, but it's Oklahoma, Ohio State, LSU, and Alabama. Those are my top four.
3: Yeah, I'd I'd go the same ones. And Clemson, uh, they're going to be in the playoff, the final four. But right now, we'll leave them outside of it.
2: You know, Clemson's interesting to me because their quarterback was supposed to be all everything, and he's a very good player, Lawrence. But he struggled early, and then Clemson, you know, kind of got it going. Coach, you maybe you can talk about this a little bit because you know you you won so so much and you know it, it was almost expected that you walked out there and win every game does that weigh on a team at all when fan expectation and media expectation is such that you're supposed to win every time out and then beat the team by you know 40 points mm-hmm.
3: I don't know how much it weighs on them uh, they're they're pretty good about keeping things on track as they go through the season and Dabo gosh uh how many games in a row have they won now? I know they won 15 in a row last year. So life's pretty good at Clemson. Uh, they they can take a little. They're not winning as pretty as they hope or some people think they're supposed to. Uh, but in the long run, uh, they'll be there at the end.
2: You know, it's scary. Mm-hmm. Travis Etienne is starting to run the ball mm-hmm. for Clemson. That's mm-hmm. going to be a big deal. Yeah. We'll take a break. Come back. We're going to mm-hmm. sneak a peek at Florida, Georgia. That annual game in Jacksonville, some memories of Shane, memories of Coach Spurrier about that game. Stay with us, ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF.
4: Crime Prevention Security Systems has provided security and life safety to families and businesses in Gainesville and surrounding areas since 1975. Their mobile app makes security and home automation easy to use and affordable. With fast access to lighting control, doorbell cameras and thermostats, crime prevention, and security and so much more. Contact them today, 352-376-1499 or cpss.net.
0: Hey, man, what are you doing for the Gator Game?
4: I'm pumped up. A bunch of us are getting together early to tailgate all day on campus. You should come by. Cool. You grilling out? What? No way. And have to deal with all the messy cleanup? Forget that. We're having Moe's cater our game day tailgate. Moe's? I love Moe's. I didn't know they offered game day tailgate delivery. Yep, Moe's delivers everything you need. Napkins, plates, utensils, even free chips and salsa. Delivery is free for orders $175 or more. Just place your order at moescateringfl.com. That's moescateringfl.com. Have Mose Cater your game day tailgate. Just visit
3: MoscateringFL.com and go Gators. Hi, this is Coach Spurrier here, and I have some great news for the Gator Nation. Our new restaurant, Spurrier's, is coming to Celebration Point in June of 2020. Spurrier's is going to be a restaurant to celebrate, and there's no better place for celebrations than Celebration Point in Gainesville. With prime premium destinations like Bass Pro Shop, Nike, Palmetto Moon, and Regal Cinemas, I am beyond thrilled to be a part of Celebration Point. Spurrier's is going to be one-of-a-kind restaurant with an exciting atmosphere and amazing food. I'll see you at Celebration Point, where the Gators go to celebrate.
1: Inside the Huddle with Shane Matthews, Steve Russell, and Steve Spurrier on ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM WRUF.
3: At Titan MRI, no insurance is no problem, and Titan MRI has same-day scheduling available. Call them up. Start feeling better today. That's TitanMRI.com.
4: Coach, I got a question for you. Uh, Did you ever make anybody
3: ride the equipment bus back like Dabo did? (laughs) I've I've shipped some guys home by bus at bowl trips if they gotten fights or missed curfew or something like that we've taken them down to the bus station uh but we've not put them on the equipment bus uh to go home but yeah well, Dabo, one of his guys took a swing i think at a, a player got thrown out of the game and he said you're going back with the equipment guys i think the
4: only guy that that i know yeah. of that rode the equipment bus was remember when our plane went down uh Coming back from Tennessee and Ellis Johnson would get back on in Atlanta. We made the emergency landing. He was afraid to fly. Yeah. He? yeah. Well. Well, well, well actually, well, I was afraid the, uh, to fly after that flight.
3: I think Tim is saying. Of course, we had to come back down, so that uh, he got it. Rented a uh, car. car. Rented a car and drove back to Gainesville. Well, Ellis Johnson, our defensive lineman, he said, "I'm not going back up in that airplane, coach." That was scary. And, and after that, Ellis went on and got his pilot's license. Mm-hmm. And wow. Flew, flew a little uh, single engine all over the south, and he's probably still doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Things you learn when you yeah. do this. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, all right, let's take a look
2: <coughs> now at uh, – we'll, we'll do this more in depth, obviously, next week. But just just some memories of both of you from, from Florida, Georgia. Shane,
4: I'll start with you as a player, you know, going across that bridge. Your, your memories of playing in this game. Well, it, it's a special week. There's no doubt about it. You know, I don't think I quite understood being – growing up in Mississippi, not following it. I, I knew about the Egg Bowl, but I didn't really know about the uh, – the cocktail party until you play in your first one. And then you quickly understand what it's all about. And, you know, I never lost to him in my three years. Uh, the first two games weren't even close. They were blowouts. my favorite's my senior year in 92. Uh, you know, we weren't very good at that point. Uh, we were trying to find a way to win the East. And uh, they were, like, ranked fourth or fifth in the country. They had, you know, Garrison Hurst, Andre Hastings, and Zaire, highly ranked team. And we found a way to win that game and we iced it at the end with coach calling in a quarterback draw play believe it or not i had to take a double take when he signaled that play
3: in <laughs> oh they were in the perfect defense yes. <laughs> for it shane ran about 12 yards nobody touched him uh they were in a like a three-man line and they took their inside backers and put them outside the blitz and it was just run off the nose guards all you yep. had to do but uh, that was my favorite game also the 92 georgia game because that's I think it's the only one they were favored. They actually were favored in that game coming in. And uh, not only did we beat Georgia that day, but uh, Tennessee lost at South Carolina that same day, 25-24, I think, or 24-23. So all we had to do was beat Vandy, and we were going to win the East uh, and get a chance uh, at Alabama at the first-ever SEC championship game. So 92 Georgia game was my favorite.
2: Coach, how was it for you, not necessarily winning and losing, but when you played in the game, was that a big deal for you as a player to play in that game too?
3: Uh, Yeah, it was, and we didn't do very well. We lost two out of three uh, during my time. And, uh, of course, our last year, if we'd won that one, we'd won Florida's first-ever SEC, but we didn't. So uh, that's uh, all you can do is look back and say, man, I wish we'd done something different uh, that game or the whole week or whatever. Uh, but it's history it's in the history books and uh, you got to live with it forever that's how important these games are so i'm sure our team coach mullin the coaching staff uh, they will get the the message to the players this will be a game you're going to remember the rest of your life and the, the outcome you'll remember it's it's huge but it's still another game but it's a extremely ex- important game
2: georgia uh preseason had all the accolades and deservedly so with how they've recruited and things like that. Jake Fromm, you know, had a nice year. You got DeAndre Swift back. But all of a sudden, they've had trouble offensively. Now it was pouring rain last week. You could a little mitigation there. But you know, offensively, Shane, I don't know. I mean it, they they can't get receivers down the field. They're having trouble. Fromm is having trouble. The bye week, I think it's a great time for Florida to heal up. It may be a good
4: time for them, too, to sort of get things right. Well, possibly. You know, Steve, we've talked about Georgia, gosh, since back in the summer, and I wasn't drinking the Kool-Aid. I wasn't bought in to them being one of the top teams. Obviously, they got great players, but offensively they've never done anything to impress me. Uh, And Their passing game is is basically hitches, slants, and uh, back shoulder throws down the field. And, it, and it's hurting them. I mean, if, even the games they've won this year, they've been very pedestrian throwing the football. So uh, you know they got a new offensive coordinator. Uh, you know Jim Cheney left to go to Tennessee. I think Fromm's a good quarterback, but it, you look at what Mil, Will Muschamp's did to them defensively. They struggled. I, I think against zone Fromm completed like something like sixty percent of the passes against man coverage though it went down to like fifteen percent. So they're having trouble getting off bump coverage. And their their route combinations and stuff aren't causing any guys to get open, so uh, I'm sure our staff will look at what Will Muschamp in South Carolina did to to cause them problems.
2: Coach, I was going to ask you that because if if they've got trouble against man, well then you 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 man up at the corner and you can commit more guys than to, to stopping the run, which is what they do well. I mean, I, I don't know if he can change and get, get uh, prolific offensively in one week, but that might be one way to attack them.
3: Yeah, I think we'll have a good plan, whatever Coach Grantham comes up with. And, again, you know, their passing game is not uh, – no rhythm to it. And You know, the quarterback goes back and he starts hesitating, and looks around uh, here, or there, the other. You know, usually uh, the good pass teams, he goes back and it's either here or there and let it go and uh, away you go. But, uh, anyway, it, it should be a heck of a game. But one thing I want to say, Steve, this week, Might be the best recruiting week in the last 50 years for the University of Florida. Let me tell you why. Okay. FSU and Miami. (laughs) Are six and eight. Now, when has that ever happened in the last 50 years?
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, uh, What was the record when uh, you were coaching? Well, somebody
3: asked me that the other day, and I said they probably were 14 and 0 (laughs) because Miami and FSU were top five in the country, gosh, all the way through the 90s, just about. And now, here that both of them are three and four, and we're what, 7-1 right now. So this is a good week for our coaching staff to wear that Gator uh, shirt and hat and go out and see some high school games and strut up and down the sideline. This is a good, (laughs) really good week for recruiting.
2: Coach, have you had receivers, and I know you don't know George's scheme, but if their receivers are having trouble getting separation, is there anything that you can coach them up to do? Is it better route running, or is it just maybe they're not that good I mean how do you how do you help your receivers try and get
3: open is it scheme other things Oh, I think it's all the thing. Yep. Yeah, I think it goes back to your, your, your coach and then uh, your receiver coach, your quarterback coach, and uh, getting together and uh, getting open and get the ball there when the guy's open, things of that nature. So I, I hope they can't do a whole lot in just one <laughs> week.
4: Well, I mean, if you look at Georgia, if you watch, look at the game last year, they completed <clears throat> some contested throws on what? Back, shoulder, fades. Yep. And th- 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 it's the scheme. You know, they, they have good players that can make plays on jump balls, things of that nature. But, you know, when you play a lot of man coverage, you want to run away from the defender. Don't run with the defender. So, uh, you know, if we can stop the back shoulder throw, I like our chances.
2: And the, uh, the other position that's hurt, their tight ends yes. have hurt Florida. And Nauta is not there. I don't know who the other guy is, but I'm not sure he was as good as Isaac Nauta, but he made big plays last year. Mm -hmm. We'll take a break. Come back. We'll wrap up today's Inside the Huddle, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF
3: everyone is raving about titan mri with the highest rated mri facilities in town titan mri is the place to go titan mri is the only locally owned and operated mri center in town joe and his staff have more than two decades of experience in gainesville and they'll help heal thousands of athletes in the local area. At Titan MRI, the average scan time is 10 to 15 minutes, so you'll have plenty of time to get back to living a life pain-free. Don't wait. Tell your doctor to refer you to Titan MRI or call them today at 672-6644. I'm Steve Spurrier, sometimes called the head ball coach, and I'm here to tell you I got the SUV that I drive from Davis.
0: Yeah, Coach, the word is out, and everybody is loving what's going on at Davis, Gainesville, Chevrolet, and Palm Chevrolet down in Ocala. I stopped by each of the dealerships last week and saw tremendous deals all over the place and also all over the place orange and blue. What's that mean, Coach?
3: If you bleed orange and blue, Davis is the place for you. Davis Automotive Group, the official hometown automotive partner of the Florida Gators.
5: Levántate con el mejor café cubana y comida cubana norte de Miami. Ah,
2: I need the English version today, please.
5: Wake up to the best Cuban food and coffee north of Miami with Miapa Latin Café. Their breakfast sandwiches and arepas are made using the most authentic ingredients. Enjoy Cuban classics like Ropa Vieja and Arroz con Pollo. With great food, affordable prices, and friendly service from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day you can't beat the miapa way visit them at either of their locations in gainesville and alachua miapa latin cafe a proud supporter of the florida gators
1: it's football season and you know what that means endless circling to find a parking spot not if you're on two wheels gainesville harley davidson has the ride for you and their 2020 lineup is one that any gator fan would stand up and cheer for Check out LiveWire, Harley's first electric bike with seamless throttle experience. No clutch to release, no gears to run through. You just twist and go. Get in the game at Gainesville Harley-Davidson. Go to GainesvilleHarley.com. Inside the Huddle with Shane Matthews, Steve Russell, and Steve Spurrier on ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM WRUF.
4: Connect more with crime prevention security systems and easily view cameras at your home or business. Contact them today at cpss.net. Going to end with one of my favorite segments of the show, Chalk Talk,
2: sponsored by Spurrier's Restaurant. He'll be at Celebration Point Thursday, 530 to 7. In front of the restaurant, the first 100 people get visors. So, Coach, take it away. What's what's the play today?
3: Okay, I'm going to draw up the play that Penn State scored to beat Michigan. Okay. Uh, Obviously... They're number one for Penn State. I forget his name right now, but he's the fastest player on the Penn State team and the fastest player on the field. And for some reason, Michigan played this defense right here. So let me draw it up for you. Sure. All right. Okay. Obviously they got uh they got about eight guys up around the line of scrimmage. They're 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 playing for a run on this play. And uh Penn State did maybe just some kind of little play action. But their fast guy, and as you can see, there's nothing out over here. This guy just sort of went down and went like this. And this guy's just sort of hanging in there to help with the run or doubling this guy. So here goes their fast guy. This guy doesn't have much of a chance. He's covering him the whole field. He's gotta cover this fast kid the whole field, Shane. He's gotta cover the corner, he's gotta cover that. and. Uh, Penn State kid went back, gave him a chance, put it out there, and that was the touchdown that won the game. Now, when the DB was chasing him, you know, he, he sort of peeked back, like, where's my buddy to give me some help? And well, his buddy, was, he was down in here somewhere. So I don't know if it was a mistake uh, by one of their players, uh, but that was not a good, uh, that was not a good defense to, to cover the fastest player on the field. Wow.
2: I love when he does that.
4: Single coverage. Yeah, it was a good play call by Penn State. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, and then a quarterback made a good throw. He threw it to Greengrass. Grass. guy kind of just ran right underneath it. And yeah. uh, now, again, again, we need like a, a board here that gives me the, the divisions of the Big Ten. Is Penn State and Ohio State on the same side? I think so. Yeah. Okay, they so they'll it. they'll have to play each other eventually because Penn State's got some speed that can match up with Ohio State. You know, we got uh,
2: about, about a minute. Two quarterbacks here. Somebody asked me the other day, Ask these guys to tell the definition of throwing somebody open. Shane, I'll start with you.
4: Well, it's it's not eyeballing the receiver. It's it's anticipation, throwing where the receiver should go, throwing away from the defender, and uh, you know it's it's just something that I think I guess you can teach it, but it's more of of understanding the scheme, the route combinations, and and the place, the open areas of whether it's zone, you know, if it's man. You just got to lead a guy. If it's zone, you got to know where the area is open to throw. Is that teachable, Coach?
3: Well, if you do it every day in practice, it uh, should be teachable. Uh, but yeah, what uh, obviously throwing the ball, uh, the quarterback throws it into the open area of the defense, and then you try to get a receiver coming into that open area. So a lot of times, uh, if we're throwing some the ball over the middle. Uh, when the quarterback lets it go, the receiver's probably right behind the linebacker, but he's heading toward the middle. So you're throwing it to the open space. He runs into the open space, catches it, and away you go. Uh, against man-to-man, now he's got to you know, put a little move on. you got to make this guy think I'm going one way and go the other. So you can't just sort of roll in there. And uh, I think that's what Shane's talking about when we watch a lot of these offenses. Uh, receivers, don't, they don't work to get open. They just run across the field and they just get covered. That's
2: going to do it for our Inside the Huddle podcast and show today. Next week, we will really break down Florida and Georgia and see some of the outcomes of the SEC games that are being played this week as the race to win the SEC East really heats up. Our thanks to Jay Kidd for producing. For Steve Spurrier and Shane Matthews, I'm Steve Russell. Thanks to all of you for listening. Podcast is also available later on in case this is missed. We'll see you next week, and we'll see you on Sports Scene today at noon. So long, everybody. Worry less and connect more with crime prevention security systems. View cameras at your home or business or prevent package theft with their doorbell camera. Crime prevention provides security and life safety with affordable packages and an easy-to-use app that gives mobile control of your home or business. Get a text notification when the kids get home from school or be notified if you forgot to set the alarm when you left. You can even get a notification if you didn't close the garage door. For home or office, crime prevention can do it all. Contact your local team at Crime Prevention Security Systems, winners of the Best of the Best in Gainesville, and the Ethics and Business Award. Crime Prevention provides security and life safety with affordable packages and an easy-to-use app that gives mobile control of your home or business. For home or office, Crime Prevention can do it all. Winners are the Best of the Best in Gainesville and the Ethics and Business Award. Trust the team at Crime Prevention to secure your home, family, and business. They're large enough to serve you, small enough to care. It's intercepted by Florida.
1: Touchdown! Thanks for listening to Inside the Huddle with former Gator QB Shane Matthews, WRUF's Steve Russell, and Hall of Famer, the head ball coach, Steve Spurrier. If you'd like to ask Coach a question, email your questions to questions at insidethehuddlehbc.com. Podcasts are available at WRUF.com, the WRUF app, and anywhere you get your podcasts. What? Picked up by the Gators at the 35. Touchdown! Inside the Huddle is paid for by Weebly Market.